Welcome back to the Quilting Stories podcast. I'm joined on today's podcast by my co-host, Elaine Poplin, a quilter from Huntsville, Alabama. And you can find her quilts online on Instagram at Messy Goat. Uh, Elaine, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you, Jess? Wonderful. And our guest today is Patty Hyden Kopik. You can see Patty's quilts on Instagram at Patty Kopik. And Patty is a quilter who lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Patty, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So good to talk to both of you. Wonderful. Well, I think I first discovered your quilts four or five years ago. I, it was either Instagram or Facebook, but I saw one of your quilts that you make with square blocks and the intersecting lines that meet at the corner of each block. I'm not sure if I'm describing that very well. Well, I think I've always been kind of traditional until the past few years. And so it probably was something that was measured out and carefully cut. And I really <laughs> enjoyed the fabric selection when I did things like that. Well, but, how would you yeah. describe the quilts that you currently make? You know, I've kind of switched lately to a couple of genres. And one of them is... I've been making quilts from drawings from my grandchildren because I love kids' drawings and they just crack me up. And so I I have a little bit of that going kind of in the background. And then I've taken some classes from people recently that inspired me to start working more improvisationally. So I think my quilts kind of fall in a funny gap between art quilts and modern quilting. Well, I'm right in there with you. I've been noticing your um, dancing with the wall stuff from your class with Irene Roderick. Is that right? Yes. yes. And I tried to get in that class in June and there was a wait list. So. You know, it's funny because, oh, there's a whole big story on this. Do you mind if I share the whole thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I was following her. Uh, with just uh, in amazement at her skill. And I was also following Annie Hudnut. And Annie contacted me at QuiltCon 2020, yes, 2020, and said that she wanted to kind of, you know, meet me in person because we had, you know, seen each other on Instagram. So the day before we left, she connected and re we realized we hadn't, you know, found each other. So the morning, I was leaving in the afternoon and the morning of that day, I was going to do one last walkthrough. And next thing you know, she's standing next to me with Irene. And I about passed out because I was like, oh my gosh, these are two of my heroes, you know. And so Annie made a statement then that I was so excited about. She said, I really don't think this is by chance. I really think something's going to come out of our friendship. Let's make sure we do something together. So within a couple of weeks upon returning home, we decided to start Zooming each other. And it's turned into every week we, we have a Zoom meeting. And we talked, Irene at that time encouraged her to start teaching online because she taught in person but she hadn't done any zoom classes but we asked if we could be her guinea pigs and she said sure and i think we all learned quite a bit from that i think even irene 
uh, got input from us on what kinds of things seem to work and, and what things don't. But I do think Annie and I right off the bat realized that we, we'd settle in and we'd start following the directions for about, oh, uh, a week. And then we kind of took up on our own. And so anyway, we've just been encouraging each other on a weekly basis. It's just been the most fun. And uh, I've taken every class I can of Irene's. They are hard to get into because now she's had, I don't know how many, I've had it's nearing 800 or students or whatever, just since the past year. Yeah, yeah I've tried. Has, I've tried to get in a few of those classes as well, and haven't had <laughs> any luck. Yeah, I've commiserated. Yeah. I'd say tell her I sent you, but that won't get you in the door. I think <laughs> if you just get on a waiting list, she always says, "Well, I I really need folks on my quilts. I don't think I'm going to quilt for a while." And the next week, she said, "Well, I signed up to teach three more classes." So she's always adding classes. So just keep hurrying. That it, it's so fun to see what people make after her class. That's great. Absolutely. Well, how did you originally get started sewing and quilting? What's your What's your quilting journey? What's your story? Well, when I was nine years old, and I'm almost sixty nine, so sixty years ago, that's just crazy. Uh, my mom sewed a little, and she started teaching me at age nine. And we had an old singer with the in the cabinet, you know, and um. I think I got the most inspired to sew clothing when she would pay for the fabric and she always wanted us to do something productive. So she would pay for the fabric. And back then, I think even in junior high, mini skirts were in and fabric was cheap. And I could whip out a couple of skirts for like 35 cents each or something crazy <laughs> like that. And uh, there was something really fun about getting clothes out of it and uh and having made it myself so that got me hooked sewing and then my mother-in-law this funny i never had attributed this to my mother-in-law before but somebody asked me the other day how i got started what perked my interest in quilting and i really think it was because i was exposed to her quilting uh and she did the thing where people would make a top and then all the ladies at church would get together and hand quilt it Mm. And so we kind of collaborated on a quilt for one of my daughters. Uh, and and I, I think I got the easier end of it where I just selected the fabric and then she made the quilt top at least. So that's when I started liking it. But I majored in art in college. So I've always been very interested in anything to do with art. And once my painting background mixed with my love of the fabric and the that was just like more interesting paint to me. So the minute those joined, I was, uh, I was just done. I mean, I had to, you know, figure out how to fix dinner while quilting because <laughs> it was just <laughs> took over my life. Yeah. I've still not mastered that one. Yeah. <laughs> Snacks and uh, fast mm. foods probably for my kids, but yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Um, what inspires a new quilt for you? In particular, do you get inspiration from what you see, or does it come to you at the end of a nap? <laughs> ah, naps are good. Naps are good. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like before I take a nap, and then I can't take a nap because I'm too inspired. Uh but I'm one of these people that, well, I don't even know how to explain it, but I, I mean, I am 
I see quilts, I see designs, I see shapes all day long. And I sit behind people in church and wish I had a pair of scissors to cut some section of that shirt out, you know. So I just find that inspiration is everywhere. I love looking at paintings and then I derive some kind of general reaction to what I see. So what I'll do, let's say on a painting is say, oh my gosh, that person was so bold. The whole painting's in green and yellow and orange, but then they put these giant blue stripes on the right side and I want to be that bold, you know? So I pick up a general idea like, oh, it'd be really nice to have everything up in the left-hand corner and then a big bold thing in the right-hand corner. So sometimes I write those general thoughts down and sometimes I capture, you know, spring capture uh, paintings, quilts. Uh, my gosh, have you ever seen a nudibranch? Which is, a, I better explain that, shouldn't I? <laughs> what it is, is it's a, it's, in, it's a sea slug, but there are hundreds of unique patterns and shapes and colors. And so at some point, I think I want to do a series of quilts based on inspired by nudibranchs. You have to look them up, N-U-D-I-B-R-A-N-C-H-S. Interesting. So do you have a lot of UFOs or do you, oh, are gosh. you one of those mysterious quilters that, that, that plows ahead and finishes what you started? <laughs> I, I wish, I wish, I wish that's the way Irene is. And I just, I nearly cry when she finishes one. Cause I'm like, how are you doing this? You know, but anyway, <laughs> no, I have a bunch and a bunch in the closet that I, I don't know that I'm ever going to finish at some point. I think I'm just going to hire the quilting and then give it away. but. Ever since we started, you know, meeting regularly, Annie and I with Irene, I practiced something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, which was I, I took my big room and turned it into a studio. And I have a wall of cabinetry that has all my fabrics. So it's all in the same place instead of five places in my house. And then what I would do is I put up two four by eight, um, design walls and I separated it and then I had another four by eight on the other side and so one of the things that Irene had suggested is uh, if you end up with like leftover parts and pieces I just would kind of poke them on the other wall and then as I would sew I'd look up and think I wonder if that round shape that I had left over would work well on the right so I just start kind of playing on the wall with things and then I'll take things down and kind of scoot things around. And before I finish the big quilt, I've got another quilt halfway <laughs> put together. <laughs> I mean, I haven't sewn it together. They're just like a billion pieces that I have to navigate to figure out how to put together. But this is kind of what I've been doing for a long time now. So I have one quilt on one wall that I need to finish and the other one was I just went to the Joe Cunningham uh, retreat on Madeline Island and I took all the pieces that are left over and I'm making some kind of really weird quilt with the thing I did in his class and at the top it's going to be hooked with the thing I did with scraps but yeah I'm behind and I have lots of tops yeah, that I mean solidarity I think the support group meets at the bar on Thursdays oh well I'll be there <laughs> so yeah I'm I 
will get an idea and I have, it's a compulsive need to run with it. Yes. And before I forget, which is funny because I'm not going to forget. Right. But Oh, wait, how old are you? Uh, 48 <laughs> as of Friday. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, you will forget. Birthday. Thank I'm you. Just telling you. Happy birthday. You will begin to forget. <laughs> well, I also carry sketchbooks with me absolutely everywhere I go. Yes. And that's amazing. So I, I have, you know, I have to do that. I, that's, you know, I bullet journal. And so I carry, carry my bullet journal, but it's, it's got a lot of sketches in it. And I've done that since 2015. And that's been life changing. Amazing. So, um, and you know, you were talking about the person sitting in front of you at church. I will sketch somebody's sweater. Yes. <laughs> I, I While we're sitting my, there, <laughs> I phone out and take a picture real quick. Yeah, sneak, <laughs> sneak a picture. I'm sorry. I'm taking a picture of your back. Um, I stopped a man on the street once. We have this Friday, uh, uh, first Friday art crawl in Tulsa. And I, a bunch of us had made a quilt. And this man walked around with this shirt on that looked exactly like the quilt. So um, I'm, I made him stop and I took a picture of him and then got his address, sent him the, <laughs> the picture of the quilt we made that literally looked exactly like the pattern on his shirt. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's, a, it's an illness. <laughs> so can you tell us about the Joe Cunningham workshop that you just went to? Oh, yes. That was so much fun. I'd always wanted to go to Madeline Island ever since I've started hearing about these places people go. And I originally had signed up for somebody else's class two years ago or whenever, and then it got postponed and then it, you know, during all this and it got, uh, uh, changed a year later. And then I was going to take a Nancy Crow class, which I've, I've always wanted to, but am deathly afraid of. Um, and that one wasn't going to happen. So I combined the money from both, uh, and, uh, just, I had taken from, Joe three other times, two in Washington and one he came to Tulsa and I knew it was just going to be fun. And my good friend Chris came and, oh my gosh, we were kind of together. We're kind of dangerous. Um, we just never stopped laughing. So we just had a delightful time and Joe was wonderful, of course. And the class was extra special. And I think just being together with a bunch of people for the first time in a long time was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that sounds yep. good. And was there a specific thing that he was teaching or, or what was? Uh, well, if you've never taken from Joe, that question is really actually funny because <laughs> he's, oh gosh, I don't even know how to answer that without sounding. Let me think how to answer that. He, he has a plan. And the first time I took a class from him, he had a plan. And within one day, everybody went rogue. <laughs> and so it seems like he's always in the position of saying, since you're not doing what I said. And so anyway, uh, this time he had a technique for us to use that he had done most recently in one of his books. And uh, it, it, I, no, I didn't get very far on it before. I was like, oh gosh, I wish I was home and I could choose different fabric because I didn't send a box big enough of choices. And that's the one that I'm putting together with the little scrappy things. But then we started on another thing where we made a small unit with limitations. And that was really challenging. And then we were supposed to make it bigger. 
So uh, I actually combined my small one with my big one, and now I'm applying some orange odd circle shapes over it, and I'm making it a little bit more moving. So excellent. It sounds like my kind of class, though, for if everybody goes rogue. Yes. So yeah. because then, then I'm not the only you know weirdo sitting in the back not doing what's being taught. Oh gosh, it was. But I, I intentionally will sit in the back just because I know. I know I'm not going to follow directions because I never do. Yes. Well, and when I, I took paint, yeah. painting lessons years ago, I remembered there was a point every time we would take from somebody that people just it just could not follow what they said anymore and just ended up painting it their own way. But you know what? This is the thing I think I'm learning being around Irene, and she's developed several kinds of classes in uh, one of them was, oh gosh, I forgot the name. I'm, I wrote them down so I remember. It was called Fancy Design. And I think instead of the original jumping off point technique that we learned from her, it was more to encourage people with what they were already working on or what they really liked to work on. We even ended up with a critique class, learning how to critique. And that was very challenging because. I didn't realize how much my initial reaction is, I like that or I don't like that. And <laughs> and we had to think through, I like that because of what reasons, and I don't like that, what's bothering me. So we found ourselves at the beginning, I found myself at the beginning, instead of saying, you know, I don't like that area on the right, I had to come up with a way to say that but I would say, like, um, you know, oh, it's interesting <laughs> what you did on the right side that seems so different than on the left side. And then, in essence, we kind of were saying, I like it, I don't like it. But, but it was really much clearer way of critiquing because then you kind of had to think of what's bothering you about that and then how do you present it so you're, it, it's not your suggestion or your quilt it's their choice what they're going to do. So right. you bring up things like, to me, it feels a little imbalanced unless you meant to do that. <laughs> so they get to do with it whatever they want at that point. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to be constructive when your initial reaction is super strong. I, when I'll be teaching a class, people will say, is this right? And that's not my call, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, so my usual answer is, do you like it? Well, yeah, then it's right. <laughs> and do you know if, what I think is interesting is some of the quilts, when I've seen them, uh, like we'll meet maybe four times and you'll, you'll see the start of the quilt and then you'll see the middle and then you'll see the end. It's so crazy how different it is by the end. And mm -hmm. at the beginning, you might think, oh, gosh, I don't, I wouldn't have done that. And at the end, you're like, I wouldn't have done that because it would have been dumber than what they did. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And usually if I have a suggestion and someone doesn't take it, my response at the end is, you know, I'm so glad you did not listen to me. Exactly. That's the way I said <laughs> Yeah. Because your idea was a thousand times better. And well, and then I, I taught a class in Arkansas. Um, just a few weeks ago, and I struggled with the idea of this is how I choose the fabric for this part of the block. 
And then I found myself trying not to say, unless you don't want to do that, you can do your own thing. Because everything kind of came down to, well, make sure you line this up. Well, unless you don't want to line it up. So I finally (laughs) had to get it down where it was like, I'm going to tell you what I choose to do, but your fabrics and your technique will probably make it your own. But at least for the first blog, listen to what I'm telling you, you know. Right. And, you know, I, I love it when teachers show options. Um, here's how, here's how to line it up if you want it precise. And then if you don't want that, here's how. And yeah, I've learned to try to do that when I've had teachers demonstrate both, you know, the precise way and the imprecise way, depending on what people want to do. And it, I think it gives more freedom for people to see both and realize, you know, they're both, they're okay. It's okay. Well, and you know, people are in a class for different reasons. Some are just, right. they're socially, some want to learn a skill or a technique. And then everybody's at a different level, whether they are able to be exact and precise and press between every step. And some people just pick up the wadded piece of fabric next to them and make a masterpiece. So, kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So are there fabric colors that you often gravitate to? Oh, gosh, that's a funny question. If people that know me, uh, when they hear this, are going to be dying laughing because I have about every color. I think I do. I guess I should say I think I have about every kind of fabric and every color until I make something that's not what I usually use. And then <laughs> I I just kind of get to where I got to throw some wild pink in there or something. I'm. I, it's funny, I never thought of myself as somebody who likes pink, but I tend to put a lot of pink, hot pink, red, you know, kind of old colors. I do gravitate towards the same colors. I don't know. It's a mix. I love all colors equally, but I work with ones that appeal to me. So I don't know. I made one recently with circles that uh, I did an improv uh, applique and I I just made it. Uh, you know, applique one unit, and then I every day I would put it back up on the board, and I would put another piece and get it set up to applique the next night. And I did it all in black and white with a pop of color because I think it was is it well improv studio that issues that challenge. I might I be wrong so. on that, but I think it is. Um, and so I thought, oh, I'm going to join the challenge: black and white and a pop of color. And the pop of color was a, a kind of a electric blue. I don't know what to call it. And uh, oh gosh, it's uh, it's uh, that painter's tape blue. <laughs> and so <laughs> I made that quilt, and I love it. But I just can't. I don't know. I just can't look at it without pink or something. <laughs> I got I, I to change it. it seems I think. unfinished. It's another top, and and oh, it's a funny story too because I was approached by somebody who has won awards quilting that I met at a Joe retreat, and she is amazing. And we started talking about, um, you know, her what, me making a quilt top and her quilting it, and um, yeah, I struggled for weeks, weeks, weeks about that because I suddenly realized that if I ever submitted that quilt and it got in a show. And if it won a ribbon, it would really be her ribbon. And she actually, you know, deserved the ribbon. And I th- I just don't, I don't know that I want to 
quilt around that's kind of okay with amazing quilting, you know? So I think I like quilting in my soul. I can relate to that as well. Yeah. So do you quilt your quilts yourself? I do. Um, I hired for a number of years, but and I don't have a long arm. I have a sit-down um, long arm thing. I don't even know what they're called. But uh, I, the whole idea of it having to be continuous to me, it, I don't know. They just seem like they got into kind of a loopy, loopy, loopy thing. And, uh, and yet there are people who do it. Fantastic. But I kind of like doing it myself and I've come to appreciate it not being perfect because I'm not striving anymore. I'm just trying to enjoy the process. So it's a little bit of a combination of uh, what will enhance the quilt and what can I do quickly to so I can work on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I am also embracing imperfection because I am not a computer. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted a computerized looking piece, then I would own one. Yes. <laughs> so Agreed. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And some of it's an excuse and a way to, you know, make my imperfections acceptable. <laughs> no, I meant to do that. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I keep I keep trying to come up with some way of quilting that is just that has like you know horrible beginnings and endings, but but looks intentional, exactly like you said. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I have one where my tension is just horrible because the timing on my sit down was just not right, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get it to cooperate. And but it was during a particularly high stress high tension time in my life and I decided to leave it. Yes. It's representative of what was going on and that's great. Yeah. And so the the back, you know, if people want to look at my backside and why do quilters do that? But anyway, so if people want to look at the backside, they see you know, eyelashes and all kinds of horrible, yes. horrible mistakes on the back. But I I don't care. I named it it's loud in here. <laughs> because <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because I was just not in a good place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Neither was I my had... machine. My machine was reflecting my attitude at the time. Before I took Irene's class and Annie and, uh, you know, we started meeting, I was making a quilt with all sorts of leftover little tiny pieces. And I was just making it, making it, making it. And uh, it was just odd. And I was trying to push the limits on what I was doing. And I mean, after a while, I was like, oh, gosh, I get it. But I call it baby quilt because it just it's just overly much and jumbled. It's just crazy. So I get yeah. it. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, sometimes that's what I have to do is just let something be as out of control as it wants to be. Right, right. Get it out um, of the system. <laughs> so I know you took classes during, or you know, you've been taking classes during the pandemic. So can you tell us some of the classes that you did take? You know, it's funny because once I started meeting weekly with Annie and Irene, I was always working on a quilt that we were talking about, and they were producing theirs so quickly that I was like, oh my gosh, I better hurry, uh, <laughs> keep up. So I really had classes I wanted to. But I didn't want to break the, you know, trajectory I was on. It was just so fun to do improv. I didn't want to 
break that up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so you had your own personal class. Pardon? <laughs> I said your you had personal. your own personal class with Irene. You know, I did. So don't tell her because I probably owe her thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's our secret. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We won't tell her. No, no. Irene, if you're listening. She's um, going to be listening because she encouraged plug, plug your ears. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably going to get sick of hearing her name mentioned every five minutes here. Oh, I don't know. She might like it. <laughs> so I, I'm curious if you were talking with someone who is interested in making a quilt, but had never made one, but maybe they're a little bit intimidated to get started. What advice would you offer them? Oh, that's so good. You know, this is something I love to do. Uh, A while back, I actually would buy sewing machines at estate sales, usually a featherweight, and I get them all cleaned up. And then if somebody was new to quilting, I would offer them the machine at the price I paid. And I collect rotary cutters and things at estate sales. And I kind of like to get people set up. So I make them come over and they can pick from my stash and we make a simple quilt to begin with and then um they kind of get hooked and go to the guild i think once you're surrounded by other people especially if you want to go to a quilt retreat i'm talking about back when we had our quilt retreats but sure that is they had all the inspiration all the instruction people were happy to help them i think get involved with a group of people that quilt one way or the other that's my best advice Yeah. And I love the idea of letting people pull from your stash because then they're not, they haven't invested money that they're afraid to waste. Right. And so I, I love that. Um, and it's fun looking at their quilts later. I mean, I have friends that have made probably a hundred quilts since the beginning when they did come shop my stash and I can still see, you know, my fabrics in their quilts. So that's that's kind of great. That's neat. Yeah, because then your quilts, you have memories in their quilts. Yes. So. And you know what? People are so thankful they buy you new fed quarters. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, please, you please give them your ugly stuff. Anymore. Give them the ugly <laughs> stuff and say, this is my favorite, but I want you to have it. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to know all your secrets, Patty. You have to know. It's it's scary. It's scary. (laughs) So you said you have a a sit-down machine. You said, what kind is it? Well, first of all, I mean, I had a Bernina machine a long time ago uh, when we lived in Minneapolis. And then I was, lightning struck right outside our house and and killed the garage door opener TVs and the machine. It just, uh, they had to try to fix the the innards of it. I had sent it to some place. And anyway, it just never worked right. So I bought a Juki um, and uh, I'm trying to look up. I wrote down the kind of machine. I love my Juki. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I know people get hooked on whatever they have, but it's like my best friend. And is that the <laughs> one that you use for piecing? For piecing. TL98Q is, and, and I mean, they're newer ones. But I bought a Juki sit-down long, long arm by accident. <laughs> and uh, I was visiting quilt store, and I saw that they said it had Juki on the outside. And I thought, I think that they sold Jukis here, and that was all they had left. And they had uh, they were selling it to me 
pretty cheap. Um, and it looked easy to thread uh, because I was used to, you know, my Juki and I trusted the name. And so I walked out of there having bought it. And the first time I tried to use it, I didn't know that it, you know, how these machines need. You need to know the thread that they like. And they'll mm-hmm. tell you which thread they like. Well, mine just kept saying, don't like that thread. Nope, don't like that thread. And it just kept breaking and frustrating me. And I tried to use guides. And I I couldn't get a straight line with it. But I hear people love it so much. So I know it's just user error. I plan to get back to it soon. I've been Hopefully. saying that for two years. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully somebody who knows that particular machine well can tell you the one thing that's not working. Well, I, I had, haven't even tried good quality thread. I, I, uh, tended, I tended to use it when I wanted to change thread colors, but I didn't have $8,000 to buy all the colors I needed. So I just kind of, I'm a real make new person, so I tried to just use what I had and I knew better, but mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. try it again. With I different. had... Some some threads I have found, um, if it, you've got a, I believe the Juki has where you thread it through sort of a twisted, you know, front to back or back to front, back to front more than once yes. on the top of the that, machine. That's how my, that's how my Juki straight stitch machine that I bought, um, I guess about a year and a half. That's how it, how it works. And I have to get out the manual every time I have to, to thread it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I had somebody come to a class and they were having a lot of trouble sometimes, depending on the thread they were using. And we figured out that some threads, you only put it back to front, you only wrap it once instead of twice. Oh, wow. And um, I know that on my Innova, there's certain threads that I have to put around the tension disc um, fewer times or it'll break. Wow. So, yeah. So you get to know your machine, try all kinds of random stuff, and then write down what worked with that particular thread. And it may just be moody about that thread. Yes. <laughs> so I had an HQ16 that hated glide, but my mom has an HQ16 that loves glide. So it's just so funny. I don't understand all this. I don't either. But I think it was partly me and partly the machine. So Makes we just it. had an agreement not to use glide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, but on my end of that, loves glide. So go figure. Crazy stuff. So, do you have a favorite quilt that you've made? Oh my goodness. Um, it's so I did. I had my reunion, and uh, one of my classmates came over to my house because she really wanted to see my quilts, and she went through all. I had a stack because I had shown them at a guild. And she pulled out one that she thought was lovely. And she probably's going to hear this, so I'm going to be careful what I say. And in, inside myself, no, inside myself, I'll just tell you what I thought. I thought, I'm giving that to anybody. <laughs> I <want> it. <laughs> and I realized, gosh, it's one of my favorites. It's small when I, I tried to get in Quilcon with it last year, but I'm going to submit it again because Bob didn't get in the first year. And then the quilt, you know, made from my grandson's drawing got in. Um, the second year, and then it won people's choice. So I guess that whole put it back in, you know, try again works. But um, after I did Bob, that quilt, I 
grabbed another drawing from my granddaughter, Kara, and then another one again from uh, my grandson, Colin. And I, I'm just in love with these quilts made from the drawings. And so one of them, and I'm hope I, you know, I'm going to submit a quilt on there. They don't quite fall in the modern category necessarily. I don't know, but I just like making these drawings. So they are, they kind of have my heart, I think, because it involves my grandchildren and it was so fun to do. And it makes me, I love humor and it makes sure. me laugh. So uh, Jessica Big Skirt. I hope we'll make an appearance somewhere and Sam and Pam, which was simpler than Jessica big skirt, but he's got such a dopey face and everybody has a comment on what he, they think their relationship is. And so I think those are just fun because there's so much more to them. So um, I'm yeah. loving those, but I, I I'm not good with naming my quilts, but there's another one that I did with Irene that has lots and lots and lots of pieces in it. And it's kind of a kind of golden black. And I threw a little bit of cream in and I got to name it before I met that one. But that one was uh, that one. I just love how everything came together. And so if people want to see it, they can pop on Instagram and look. Yeah, I and your grandkids have got to just love that seeing well, their pieces blown up into a quilt. Yeah. You know, I'm never, well, they finally got to come and see them in person. Oh, at least Bob, that quilt last Christmas. But I, my daughter will take a picture of Colin and he'll just smile and give a thumbs up. And I'm like, I wish I could have, I don't know. They just make art constantly. I We're a crazy artsy family. My Son's a full-time artist, uh, Caleb, and then Aura, middle one, has make, makes jewelry, and she's an artist. And then Audra, the, uh, I said the middle one, or is, oh gosh, now I'm really going to sound old, or is the baby. <laughs> and then Audra is the, my middle child, and she's uh, very, very, very creative in so many areas, but she has us on. So we just live and breathe art, and the grandkids live and breathe art. So it's it's there's just ridiculous amount of pictures I can probably draw from for future quilts. <laughs> it's the best. Um, so goodness, let's see. Do you have quilters? We know Irene. Hi, Irene. There are quilters out there that inspire you. Um, any that you have not mentioned that you would like to give a shout out to? Oh my goodness, this is dangerous. I um, know. Well, it's funny because I am inspired uh, when I go on retreats by all the people around me, of course, and especially by the fabric they throw away that I get to pick up. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a really good friend, Chris Fornell, and she and I went to the Joe retreat, and she is so much more amazing than she knows. But I just love her choices because it's like her personality on fabric. But I'm going to run names off really fast but i love there's so many but i don't even know how if i'm going to pronounce them but uh emily trey is it trahan or trahan it's m-i-l-i dot t-r-a i think on instagram and then of course annie hudnut and uh i initially was inspired by gwen morrison and denise schmidt and 
and uh, the G's Bend cultures, of course. But people I like to follow now, I like always like to see Nancy Crow or anything anybody makes in her class. And Paul Kavarik, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, the mm-hmm. artist. Adam Pogue. Oh, my gosh. Judy Kerfoot. Kit Vincent. Susan L-A-P-A-T-M. Is it Latham or Latham? Oh, my gosh. She's my new favorite. Um, Jerry Spelka. Uh, and the artist Raymond, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, S-A-A. And the last day has an accent. Uh, I just, I, these are I people know. that I constantly go back to and just absorb what they make and try not to copy anything, but try to gain something from it, you know, but absolutely. Instagram's just wonderful and it can be depressing because everybody's so amazing and you're like, <laughs> Oh, and here I am throwing scraps from the floor together. And then it also can be inspiring at the same time. Wow. Just know that there are people that feel the way that way about you and think you're amazing and are scrolling through and halt just from personal experience. I know this. I'll see something and go and then stop and look. And it's you again. Oh wow. Thank you. <laughs> oh. So just just know that you are in that category for some of us as well. I completely it's agree funny with that. Because you don't feel it on, you know, yourself, even if people tell you, but I'm going to take that today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'm being sincere. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you have favorite rulers or something, a notion that you could not live without? You've mentioned your two design walls. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Are there other things that you depend on in your sewing room that you'd like to share? You know, I don't know the name of it, but somewhere in here I'll I don't know. I don't know the name of it, but Irene connected me with this product. It's like a dissolvable. It's like stiff, almost paper. And then you can cut it and then you can, it's got a little bit of fusible on it, but it dissolves eventually in water. And I like Mm -hmm. that for the crisp edge. If ever I'm cutting a shape that's unusual and then I have that crisp edge and then I probably, I'm I'm probably not going to wash my clothes. So it's not going to dissolve. But the one thing I love, love, love is uh, hole punches. And I use those to punch cardstock that's about the thickness of when they would, when you used to buy magazines and have inserts. And then those postcard, that thickness, I punch holes of varying sizes, cinch up fabric around it. And then I just, I, I'm kind of on a polka dot thing lately where I want to add dots to everything. So. I'm making baggies of polka dots. Uh, but that hole punch is kind of my fun thing that I use all the time now. Is this a bigger hole punch? I have de- varying sizes from different, like from uh, craft, the section of the mm-hmm. paper crafting things. Have you tried the Apple Pops? You know, I have seen them and I have wanted to, but this <laughs> is where I get hung up. I'm, I'm kind of, I have, I'm real. Tactile. I have to, I like doing the thing I've done a long time, even if there's a better way. I just, well, I, under- kinda... I understand, but you're, you're talking about the cinching up around it. You can still do that. It's what's beautiful about the Apple Pops. Um, Jeff can tell you this. And if you scroll back in my feed, you'll see it, but I'm making a three dimensional Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And 
I applicate over 700 dots wow. in all, because I'm insane, in all different sizes onto equilateral triangles before I sewed the whole top together. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, and yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I, I had to find a faster way to do it because I had this idea and I had to do it. It was compulsive. And I've bought those and oh my goodness, it made it so I could get to the fun part sooner. <laughs> that does sound good. And you use a starch probably, don't you? And I do. do. How big do those circles get? Um, the largest one is two and a half inches in diameter. The smallest one, I believe, is a half inch, maybe a three-quarter inch. And how much but are they paying you for this commercial? <laughs> oh, they're not. They're not. But um, they want to see the Christmas tree when it's done because they're very excited about it. But, I bet they um, are. I think you're going to be on the cover <laughs> of whatever they mail out. So, yeah. But I it, remember that I am, specifically. Yes, that cult. It was... It was earth shaking for me because I don't, I've never really done a lot of applique. And so to have this idea that depended on it. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'll event, I may even, if they're at QuiltCon, I'm probably going to get them because I'm kind of at the, how much fabric can one person own? I think I'm going to focus on props and scissors and all sorts of tools, <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. Well, they were just, they were really fun. Because they come in all those sizes, and I've got both of the sets, so I've got every quarter inch. Oh boy! Uh, from between three quarters of an inch. Well, I'm writing it down to remind remember. myself that I'm putting lots of little stars next to it. Yeah, they're they're just fun. They were really fun, and I had a I had a blast. So, and I'm sure I'm not done. I'm a lot better at applique now. I bet you <laughs> are. 700. I bet you are. Oh, very fast. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, where, yeah. where can people find you online to learn more about you and your quilts? Is, is it, uh, do you have a blog or, or anything besides your Instagram? No, a long time ago, I kind of tried to win, but then I had to remember my password. And then it kept, you know, saying, no, that's not right. And yeah, I just finally gave up. Uh, Eventually, someday, I keep thinking I might do that. But I'm really just on Instagram, and of course, I'm on Facebook. But I, I had some friends ask uh, once uh, if they could see the steps of how I made something. So I started a private Facebook page. And uh, occasionally on my regular Facebook page, I will say if anybody wants to watch the obnoxious path that, that I go on to get to where I want to be. Uh, so. I have uh, a group of people, and that's a private group that uh, if anybody wanted to, they'd have to find me on Facebook first, I guess. But I, I forget what it found me, uh, wrote me, I send you the information. But it's just for probably mostly, I think, for people who don't, well, or people who are kind of curious what in the world I'm up to. <laughs> but mm -hmm. That one's really kind of fun because that's where people will ask questions that don't quilt. And some people actually decide they might want to start quilting once they've watched that. So that's a cool idea. That's great. Actually. Well, again, we've been speaking with quilter Patty Hyden Kopic. You can see Patty's quilts on Instagram at Patty Kopic. And Patty, thanks for doing this interview. It's Thank been great. you. I've had so much fun. Now I can rest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
Great. Well, thank you.